0: Common man and the exceptional woman. So whichever one you are, point to yourself, and I'm gonna say, I'm the uncommon man. And there you go. Let's do it together now. I'm the uncommon man. Amen. We're uncommon. We're exceptional. We weren't birthed that way. We didn't go to school to get that way. We're not pretty that way. We're not skilled that way. We pursued it. And it came on us. Turn with me in your Bible, with, if you would, to the book of 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy. Let's see what the Lord wants to do this morning. 2 Timothy. Paul wrote this letter to his son in the faith, Timothy. Here it is, is, Second Timothy. Well, I believe, and maybe now you do, this is our seventh week to minister this subject. Uh, the reason I, I, this came up to me is that I told you, Pastor West prophesied once one time to me, and uh, he, he prophesied that I, his friend, his brother in the faith, was an uncommon man. And he listed some attributes that he said the Lord was telling him that were in me. And I, I wrote it down. It's on, my, it's on my computer screen that I am the uncommon man. And I meditate that all the time, what that means and what it could mean. And, of course, another word for uncommon is exceptional. It's the same word. It's the same meaning. And so uh, everyone should be uncommon. Christians should be Uncommon. I'll say amen. We should be exceptional. If there's anybody in the world, it shouldn't be the rich. It shouldn't be the educated. Or it shouldn't be the famous. You know, they run the 40-yard dash faster than anybody, so they're uncommon. Well, they are in a certain sphere. They're uncommon since I, I hadn't run the 40-yard dash in a while. <laughs> I don't, I'm wondering if I ever ran it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But uh, we ought to be uncommon, and we should be exceptional in our life. Be that. Be that. Be that. Be uncommon. Be exceptional. So it's not just in one attribute, but in our whole life. We should not just excel in one area, one thing. You get athletes, you get other people, and they're, they're exceptional. And you go, like I said, they can run the 40-yard dash, or they caught this many passes, or there's so many RBIs, or whatever, whatever the thing was. That made them uncommon. It's usually a one sided or a one slanted, but we should be uncommon and exceptional in every area of your life. Uh, today, I, I drove my little 2004 Chevrolet SSR to church because Deborah's out of town, and so she left me with that. And I am positive, I am sure that all of you have looked at that thing and said, What is going on with him? And I'll admit, that would be, that'd be a good question. So I'm going to explain it to you, if there's any explanation. Let me just tell you, there's no good reason to own one. They're expensive, they don't get good mileage, there's only two seats in it. It has no, it has no, what do you call it, a bed back there where you can haul anything. It's, uh, It's just, there's no good reason. It doesn't have a spare tire. It's got a a 19-inch wheel in the front and a 20-inch wheel in the back. So if you were to get stranded, God forbid, there's nobody that can just bring you a a, whatever. There is no good reason to own one. And the reason I bought that is because it enforces in me, just in me. I don't care what anybody looks at or I don't even... The criticism, I'm beyond criticism. Are you? Are you beyond criticism? Jesus is Lord. We are bought with a price. But I bought it because I'm uncommon, and I needed to be uncommon for a season. I had a motorcycle when most pastors don't have motorcycles. I had one, and I was uncommon. This vehicle that I'm driving, there was only 24,000 of them made in four years. That comes out to the total production of 480 per state. And maybe there's not quite 480 in Alaska or Hawaii, but... uh, I own it it's paid for it's mine I work on it I polish on it I I I buy stuff for it every once in a while but it makes me it doesn't make me but it tells me I am uncommon not just in one side I can preach longer than anybody I know or you know all that sort of stuff I'm uncommon are you uncommon there ought to be an attribute of some kind kindness generosity Uh, patience compassion there ought to be some attribute that does not define you but that points to a greater depth of pool in your life that says she's uncommon she's exceptional you know people that when they when they leave or when someone notes them they say wow now that's a special person they're uncommon and they're exceptional Well, I have other things besides a little red 15-year-old vehicle, which, by the way, means nothing to me, personally. I really don't even care for it some days, but uh, I've got it now. But I'm reminded that Jesus rode a donkey, and I'm not justifying anything, I'm just saying it was uncommon in that day. That was the highest mode of transportation for his day, and he rode one into Jerusalem, and uh, that was uncommon. And... Yay. Because Jesus wasn't defined by his family Or his education or his expertise He was defined by what he did And so you and I are uncommon, we're exceptional And we're destined, I said we are called to do uncommon things We are called to be at the, at the, at the, the, or the creator of exceptionalism Say that's me that's who you are. That's that's me. So uncommon does not mean someone that's uncommon is better than anybody else. That's not what it's saying. Uh, you're not better. You're not. But what we are uncommon means you're aligning with excellence. Excellence is rare. That's why it's called excellence. If it was everywhere in everybody, excellence would be common. But it's not. It's a rare thing to have a heart of excellence or or, or whatever. And it makes you uncommon. Exceptional is simply another term for a pursuit. I'm pursuing something. I've got a passion. I've got a fire. I've got a drive. Do you have a fire? Do you have a drive in you of some kind that says, I'm in pursuit? Woe to him that just says, I'm going to get to the end of this. I'm a survivor. I'm, a, I'm existing. Woe be to that one that's just passing through life. And it's, it's like a cracker that falls on the street. Nobody reaches down to pick it up. So if you have a fingerprint that's absolutely unique, and I think, isn't there something about our eyes that's unique? We have a, an attribute of something in our eye, a retina or iris or something, I didn't look it up, but very unique, it's particular, and there's a lot of folks out there for that to be different. So if that's different, if your fingerprints are different, then you, you are already unique. You are already different. Just by your makeup, so we ought to not limit ourselves to say I was born with these I had nothing to do with it They were given to me and I'll take them with me We ought to be more unique than having something that was just pressed into us. We ought to have the pursuit of God in our life So it doesn't have to be loud and boisterous like a little red SSR. That's pretty that's pretty loud That's pretty noisy. That's pretty in your face. It's it's I, all the time, I run into people that says, I have never seen one of those before. Uh, matter of fact, my little brother came from Texas the other day and uh, to Caitlin's graduation, and he, he walked up to my house. He just showed up, just showed up. He said, what in the world is that? There's not too many of those in West Texas. Well, like I said, I'm not explaining it. I'm certainly not justifying it, but it is who I am at this time. And you ought to have something that defines you, that's puts you out above the crowd, puts you apart. Even if it's personal, even if nobody else thinks you're uncommon, you know you're uncommon. So we ought to be exceptional in the kingdom of God. You know, get 16 doctor degrees, uh, be able to run faster than 40 other athletes. Do whatever you want with what you got. But in the kingdom, we should have exceptionalism we should have excellence, we should have a pursuit. I say that we should know as much about the word and how to operate the kingdom as any expertise or vocation that you personally possess. If what you do for a living is unique and exceptional and you're getting paid because you do it better or as good as anybody, then we ought to have something in the kingdom that defines us that says, he's hot, she's good. That's it. Bring bring your trouble to them and they'll know how to minister to it. Or, or go to counseling with them because that the wisdom is inviting in them. We ought to have that on our resume that says, I'm uncommon and I am exceptional, and we look down to the first thing, and it's something in the kingdom. Amen? Because we're bought with a price. So we've been looking, let me just review this. We've been looking at the attributes of the uncommon man. And every week I just meditate and say, what's another one? Because I didn't start out with any list. And uh, so we started out that uh, the uncommon man, the exceptional woman, is uh, fixed on the promises of God. And Lynn, Lynn brought that out. We are fixed on the promises of our father, that what he said, he meant what he said, and he said what he meant. And it's not changing. It's not negotiable. Culture has nothing to do with it. We said that the uncommon man thinks big in small places. It's a faith attribute. We think big. We operate big when nobody around us is is moving that. Uh, Number three, we said that the uncommon man, the exceptional woman, lives by honor. We have a system, a regimen of honor in our life that does not pursue to be the big dog or the 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 overlord or the boss or whatever we honor others and the way up is down number four we said that the uh the uncommon man lives humbly while still being uncommon and exceptional we give up nothing but we live humbly before the lord we give him the glory last week we looked at about uh, a subject that was pretty challenging for me To bring, but it was to be happy in a persecuted and a strife filled world. To be happy. Happy. Because everybody can be a leaf on the stream that just goes and falls on a rock and gets hung on a log, but to be happy all the time, no matter what's going on, and to fix unhappy. I'm called, you're called, we're called to fix unhappy. Good news fixes unhappy. Now, you can't console some people. They're, they're, they're bent on being unhappy, and you just have to let them go through their deal. But if the Word of God can console and bring a change, we ought to be the ones with the Word of God in our mouth. So I think that's, those are attributes of an uncommon man. I don't think we find them everywhere. Are y'all thinking about who you know that has those things in them? It's, it's rare. Uh, so this morning, I, wanted, I came up with this. I, I told Joey and Pam about it yesterday. I just came on it. To be thankful in a thankless world is uncommon and exceptional. Now, if you just think about this week, this month, this year, you and the people that are in it, you'll say, whew, there's some ungrateful folks out there. There's some gripers, some uh, discontents. There's some folks out there that uh, they got everything going. I consider indoor plumbing having everything going. I, 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 you know that's me. That's, that's what I think is, is the cat's meow. So in 2 Timothy, let's go there, chapter 3. Let's look in verse 1. Paul the apostle, speaking by the Holy Ghost, wrote this letter. He said, this know also. So it's following Chapter 2, you can look in the last verse that says uh, that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil who are taken captive by him at his will. So that's the subject. Verse 1 says, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. Well, now, we've never lived in anything but this day, so we can't say if in the 20s or in the 1800s if it was perilous times. But we for sure can say we're living in perilous times now. Whatever, we don't have any way to compare, but we can certainly say that we're in a contender. For men, so here's the perilous times, what's the attribute of the people? For men shall be lovers of their own selves. Would y'all say that we're in that day? Oh, my. Covetous. That would be entitled, folks. They want what you got. Boasters. Boasters. Oh, my. Since we have broadcast and Internet, people are able to bring that to bear. Proud. Blasphemers. Disobedient to parents. Unthankful. Now, there it is right there. Unthankful. Let's go on, though. Unholy. Without natural affection. truce breakers False accusers. Incontinent. In other words, they can't hold their own vessel. Fierce. That's the negative of what we're called to be despisers of those that are good, despisers of those that are good, despisers. Traitors. Heady. High minded. Love of pleasures more than lovers of God. Verse five, having a form of godliness. That word form of godliness is the same word that means behind the mask. having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof, from such turn away. For of this sort are they which creep into houses and leave captive silly women, laden with sins, led away with divers or various lusts, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. These are some perilous times. I mean, this is not just used to you'd find one here and one there, and you run into it and you'd go, that's uncommon in the negative side. <laughs> but now it's 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 common. These are common people. Almost everyone that's not Godward defaults to one of these attributes. But I want to look there in verse three, uh, verse two, unthankful. And I want you to notice with me that the word unthankful is in the same discourse as despisers of those that are good. We just think, well, they need to touch up their gratitude. They need to get a little more in touch with, uh, uh, with what people do to them in responding. But here he said it's not that way at all. They are despi- the same as despisers of those that are good. Wow, that's a, that's a lick. It's also in the same discourse as false accusers. Accusers is bad, but accusers of being false. Would you all say that right now that's going on in our nation, if not the world? It's the same. It's in the same discourse as traitors. Traitors is a terrible thing. Not loyal. Despisers turn on you. Unthankful. Unthankful's in that source. So we could say, I could say, you could say that unthankful is a bad thing. And that if we just become thankful by some virtue, we're going to be uncommon. We're going to be exceptional just because not so much that we're special, but that our culture is so inundated. It is so underwater with unthankful that when you're just not unthankful, you stick out, you you look good. So we should. Amen. And notice this unthankful is not something like some of these where they're, they're uh, uh what would that word aggressive you know when you're some of these things you're aggressive you're false accusers you're being aggressive unthankful is something that's very passive you just don't do it you just don't offer thanks and it doesn't seem like you're bothering anybody but you're not offering what's due what's right and so it's passive no, in other words, we didn't kill anybody, didn't rob anybody, we didn't, we didn't do anything, we just didn't do what was right. We didn't do what was in us. And it's a danger to be around unthankful people and become one of them. Turn with me, if you would, to Romans chapter 1. Are we doing okay? Yeah. Okay, well, we want to know the attributes of the uncommon man. I want to know what that looks like. Because if just owning a little red pickup makes you uncommon, you are you are in poor shape. You, you know, because they're for sale everywhere. Well, maybe not everywhere, but uh, I think there's three of them in Tuscaloosa. So I've seen another red one and another yellow one. But I, you know, so they're uncommon, and anybody can buy one. U.S. dollars, U.S. American dollars bought that thing, so it wasn't like uh, you got to come clean our house for two years or something. <laughs> So we want to know what it is that makes what God considers uncommon and exceptional. Because there's that well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. That's uncommon. That's exceptional. I, he said, will make thee demonstrate the uncommon, demonstrate the exceptional. I will make thee ruler, master, administrator over much. I'm after that, Lord. I want him to commend me. I want him to say, boy. Add a boy." If men say attaboy, a boy," it's nothing. But if God says attaboy, a uh, boy," Michael's in the front seat. Hallelujah. How about you? Amen? It says in Romans chapter one, this is quite a heady uh, chapter here. It's very confrontational about uh, the secular society we live in, in that it tells us that God has shown himself to the lost, and just because they didn't hear the gospel from a, a preacher on the corner. That they are responsible for the manifestation of God's message through nature. You go, well, that's kind of a stretch. But that's what he says. And it says in, in chapter 1, verse 19, he says, because they that which may be, because that which may be known of God is manifest, it's revealed in them. For God hath showed it unto them. And if you look up in there, it's, it's talking about those that don't know God. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, clearly seen. Being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, look, look, so that they are without excuse. And we think, well, God, that's not fair. Well, whatever you and I think about it, this is the way it is. He made the rule. He said, this is the rule, and he's going to stay by the rule. And he said, I've done my job. Amen. Uh, Verse 21, because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was (laughs) darkened. So here's that word unthankful. Well, it's talking about here people that just look at the skies and look at the Grand Canyon and and uh, whatever people look at and say the stars whoo there's gazillions of stars really literally billions hundreds of billions of billions it's it's vast and we can only see 10 to 1500 of them in the sky with the unaided eye and yet Men say, I don't know where they come from, but that doesn't mean anything. It absolutely means something, doesn't it? So, so we know. The Amplified Version says uh, they recognized him as God. They did not honor or glorify him as God or give him thanks. Now, we're talking about the heathen here. The English, uh, English Standard Version, I believe that'd be that. They did not give thanks to him, but became futile in their thinking. So there's a, uh, there's a default here. If you don't give thanks, if you don't honor him, if you don't acknowledge him, the Bible says you'll become futile. Nothing makes sense, and you lose your value system about things that are important and precious and treasures. You lose your ability. That scripture we looked at in Timothy, it talks about... Well, it's in another place, actually... It talks about uh, uh, losing your, ab- your ability to be affectionate. Well, you, you, do you don't know how to, your kinfolks come in, your grand sugars come up, and you're like, whatever. That's, that's a reprobate mind. That's futile in your thinking. That's what happens if you ever quit pursuing. It's like, well, I didn't do anything wrong. Well, if you quit pursuing, this thing will pursue you you'll become futile in your thinking. So it's, it's more than God being ticked off, it's more than God saying, you know, my gate's right here, you didn't come in. Colossians 2, 6 says, uh, as ye have therefore received Jesus Christ the Lord, so walk ye in him. Let's point to ourselves and say that part. So walk ye in them. So I'm telling myself, walk, walk in that rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith as you've been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. He did it, and I'm thankful. He's doing it, and I'm thankful. He said he'll do it, and I'm thankful. There's no bad in my path. There's good only in my path, and I'm thankful. I'm thankful that not everything went my way. Things happened sooner than they should have. Things lasted longer than they should have. But I'm still thankful to be in the system. Yes, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. There's a way out. Even in my flesh or my mind, I chose not to take it. It was there all along, and I'm thankful. Jesus. Well, he said, that's an uncommon man, an exceptional woman. You go, really? Seems pretty plain to us. When you're exceptional, the plain seems plain. Ah. Uh, Verse 15 says, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts to the which also ye are called in one body, and be ye thankful. Be ye thankful, Michael. Be ye thankful. Get on it. Quit sloughing, or whatever that word is. Be ye thankful, Michael. Be ye thankful. Stop pursuing stuff and things and honor and privilege and stop and be thankful for what has already happened. The word says you'll go way further if you can do that. Now, y'all have heard this, and I, I didn't make it up, of course, but I heard this, and I wrote it down years quite a while ago. Gratitude makes whatever you have enough. Let's say it together. Gratitude makes whatever I have enough. Again, gratitude makes whatever I have enough. Now, that's a faith statement, wouldn't you say? Because when you don't have enough, but you say, thank you, Lord, for what I have. You supply all my need. I got more than enough. Greater is he that is in me. You start saying it's just what it is. Like Lynn said this morning, bring the tithe in the storehouse, and it'll be more than you can handle, but you just have 90% left of what you had before, and yet he said, gratitude, which is the tithe, the tithe is gratitude, makes what you have more than enough. How did that happen? How did we buy that? How did we get through that? Here's what we made, and here's what we had, and here's what came at us, and yet here we are on the other side, we don't even know how it happened. Have you ever been there? I'm telling you, I'm I'm a regular at that place don't even know how it happened. I have a supernatural life. Do you? Absolutely. If you're a tither, you are in the supernatural. You are in the supernatural. Because tithing acknowledges, we won't get off on that a little bit, Jesus is Lord. That's, because, that's why it's before the law, in the law, and after the law, is because the tithe makes Jesus Lord. Doesn't mean you know this or you understand that. It just means if he's Lord... I got this. So you become grateful even before you can see how it's turning out. You go, I'm grateful in advance, not just thankful from behind. Matthew chapter 15. Let's look at this just for a moment. We got a few minutes. I love this series. I am so excited. The Lord said, let's do this. I love these things that the word has hidden for us that tell us about a better life. It's like, well, it's pretty good right now, Lord. He said, oh, you had not seen anything yet. I want you to be uncommon. I don't even want you to be the best of the common. Yeah, he's pretty good. Yeah, he's, he's what my dad called fair to middling. <laughs> That's average, ordinary, regular, fair to middling. No, he said, you're uncommon. And if you'll pay attention, I'll demonstrate it. You're exceptional. I'll demonstrate it if you'll just throw some stuff off. And take some stuff on. That's all we're ever doing. Getting stuff out of our head that's wrong. And getting stuff into our head that's right. And then making better transactions. It says in Matthew chapter 15, verse 36. I like this. And he took the seven loaves and the fishes and gave thanks and gave thanks and gave thanks. He took the seven loaves and the fishes and gave thanks. Gratitude makes what you have enough and he broke them and gave to the disciples and the disciples to the multitude and they did all eat and were filled and they took up of the broken meat that were left seven baskets full and they that did eat were 4000 men besides women and children gratitude makes what you have enough i'm changing my mind right now just right now i'm changing my mind I want what I have to be enough because I don't want to be without until I get enough. I want enough every day. I want enough every day. How, how's that work? I want enough every day. I don't want to suffer. I don't like to suffer. I don't suffer well. <laughs> Do you suffer well? No, we want what's ours, what the word says. So we give thanks. Thank you, Lord. There's enough here to feed all these folks. In one discourse, the disciple says, should we go to town? We got 200 denarii, should we go to town? But that's not enough. And Jesus told him, you sit down. You, you feed the people. It's uh, Mark chapter 8. Mark chapter 8, Just slip over there with me and we'll look at another way of saying it. I'm grateful. I'm grateful. Well, it could be better. Get grateful and it will. It could be better. We'll get grateful, and it will be better. Well, I'm just waiting on my my job or the income tax, or I'm waiting on somebody to... No, get grateful. Boy, that's good. You just meditate that a second, and we'll get happy. Verse 6 of chapter 8 says, "...and he commanded the people to sit down on the ground, and he took the seven loaves and gave thanks and gave thanks." and break and gave to the disciples to set before them. And they did set them before the people. And they had a few small fishes and he blessed and commanded to set them also before them. Let's see where we're going. And so they did eat and were filled and they took up of the broken meat that was left seven baskets and they that had eaten were about 4,000 and he sent them away. Same story. He gave thanks. And then he believed that it was enough. He didn't say, okay, everybody stand back. God, this lightning that's coming down to make this enough may hurt somebody. Y'all stand back. He just set it down and set it down and set it down. And they kept coming, and he just kept setting it down, and it was enough. Now, we need that in our lives. We need that in our lives. I've heard many testimonies of people that had a bill to pay in the church And they took up the offering and sent back somebody there to count it, and it wasn't enough, and it wasn't enough. They came back and took another offering, and it wasn't enough. And then one time they went back there, it was enough. Now, how do you figure that? We just gave thanks. And what we had, what we were grateful for, was enough. I love this. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. We're just talking about one attribute of many that is inherent in the uncommon man. You can't be uncommon and be a gripey gut. Gripey guts, grump, grump, or whatever you want to call call them. Gripey guts, what we used to call them, is when you're you're just unhappy about it no matter how it is. I love that. I saw that video one time where a little boy has a big old long candy bar, and his brother's sitting in the car with him in the back seat. And he breaks it in half, and the younger brother says, hey, yours is bigger than mine. So the older brother takes a big old bite off of it and, and puts it up together. Oh, okay, that's bad. <laughs> well, they're just, there's grippy guts out there. It doesn't matter how it plays. It doesn't matter what it did. No matter how much better they are, they, they wanted more. And that's unthankful. And the, the, you won't be uncommon. You, you can be blessed, and you can have your way, and you can do pretty good, but you're going to suffer because only the uncommon rise up above the troubles. It says in Second Corinthians chapter 2, verse 6. Uh, 2, 6 says, no, that can't be right. Chapter 9, nine. Chapter nine I'm sorry. I'm, I'm wallowing around here. Chapter 9, verse 10, that's it. Now he that ministereth seed to the sower both minister bread for your food and multiply your seed sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness, being enriched in everything to all bountifulness, which causes through us thanksgiving to God. Now on your worst day under the bridge... There's something to be thankful for. If your heart ever quit beating, if your lungs ever quit breathing, you'd say, ah, suddenly I'm grateful. I, I'm, I'm seeing. Talk to someone that's got an advanced glaucoma or, or, or is deaf, and, you, and you'll go, wow, the little things are important. You just get thankful. You just get up and say, God, what a great day and what a great Lord you are for me. For the administration of this service... Not only supplieth the one of the saints, but is abundant also by many thanksgivings unto God. Is abundant also by many thanksgivings to God. There's something about when you're grateful, it's enough. I'm not, I'm not going to say, Lord, now when it all comes, I'll say thank you. It may never all come. Thank you, Lord. Whilst by the experiment, let's see if I'm am I still where I'm supposed to be. Verse 15. Whereby by the experiment of this ministration, they glorify God for your professed subjection. Uh, that's, okay, verse 15. We'll just go to verse 15. I don't know what that other stuff is. Thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. Now, I looked up that word thanks, because, I, you know, thanks is like thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord. Is that all it is? Thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord. Or if somebody takes you out to lunch and you go, thank you, thank you. I looked up the word, and it means graciousness. As a matter, as a manner or act, especially of the divine influence upon the heart, And it's reflection in the life, including gratitude. What does that mean? I am acknowledging something that has passed into my life, but I can't give it back. I can't say, Lord, you gave me this child or you gave me this car or whatever. And now I'll give you, Lord, a car. I'll work and go take out a loan and get you a car. He said, no, give thanks. Attach words to your honor, and I will accept that to be the same as in the same measure Of gratitude will be the same as what you got. Lord, that's a deal. You'll give me this and help me with that and work this out, and all I have to do to repay or to acknowledge is to say, Thank you. He said, That's it. Lord, that's too easy. That's it. This is more powerful than we suspected. I have a verse in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 I would like for y'all to look at. 1 Thessalonians. Now, that's one of the hardest books in the New Testament to find. That and Titus and Jude. Or Jude, though, you can go to Revelation and fish around in there. But 1 Thessalonians, look in chapter 5, verse 16. I'm almost through, which means exactly nothing. <laughs> verse 16 says, rejoice evermore. Woo-hoo. Then verse 17 says, pray without ceasing. woohoo." hoo <laughs> Verse 18 says in everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you In everything gives thanks In everything not for everything but in everything So even when it's not going your way Everything's turning out amazing and everything that's not amazing is still turning So we can just say well it doesn't it hadn't got there yet But it's turning it's turning out amazing. Um, let me read this one to you. Psalm 42, 7. Deep calleth unto deep. Do you all remember that verse? Deep. Let's say it together. Deep calleth unto deep. So there's something inside of us. It's not surface. It's not evident. It's not obvious. It's not on the outside. It's not, we're not cognizant of it, but there's something in us that's deep. And what's in us that's deep is calling out to more than just, I got my bills paid and i I got dessert today. All the temporal things, the deep is calling out that just my physical needs and my emotional stability is not enough. I need something inside. And the thing is, it's in God too. He's calling. Deep is calling unto deep. He's not just wanting us to, you know, to yakety yak. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord, thank you, gotcha he's wanting us to stop and say man my deep is calling to your deep thank you for doing all that you've done you don't have to do it every day and everything you don't have to stop in traffic but you do have to acknowledge remember this verse that says uh, the very god of peace sanctify you wholly.' and then here it is i pray your whole spirit and soul and body that's the only verse that talks about all three parts of us be preserved blameless so, people that don't think, this is what I was ministering on. People that don't think are soulish. If you look up that word in the Greek, it's the word suke that we get psychology. Suke. It means natural man. It's the sense realm, it's the, the emotional realm. It's not the deep, it's the, it's the undeep, it's the shallow. <laughs> are y'all there? Amen. It's the shallow. And so the self made man, he's shallow. He's soulish. So he doesn't thank God. What do I thank him for? I did this. Uh, the Christian that discounts emotion. Uh, and won't thank people because that's emotional. Uh, I have a pastor friend. This is pretty wild, actually. He told me this story. He has a brother that's in the ministry. He's got a church. And he had a building fund going. It was a long ways off. It wasn't just like next door. A long ways off. And they were having a building fund. And this brother in his church sent him $25,000. Twenty-five. 000, 25 thousand dollars that's like twenty-four thousand plus one more it's a lot of money and so he sent it said for your building fund and nothing happened so finally he called his brother actually it was his wife and said hey did y'all get it actually knew because they'd cashed it and said what's up what what is this and they said yeah we got it well what about that did it help was it a blessing said yeah yeah he said well why didn't you tell me he said well it was god and uh if you hadn't sent it somebody else would have okay you go that's true now that's true if you're in faith that's true but there's an emotional there's a there's a connection there with our emotions that our faith has to get past to do it again next building program and we're sending it out and we do you think he's not going to have to get past the rejection of the last? Because God did it. God is totally in control, and he did it. Maybe he's going to think, uh, let's see how God does it without me. And it just messes up stuff. And you go, what if they just wrote a note saying, thank you, brother. What a blessing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Wow. It's still the same. God moved on him. He obeyed. He sent. They took it out of his account, and they, they got their building and all that. All of it's the same, but there's the emotional part of us that needs to be acknowledged. Do you think that when God does something for us that, uh, that he's expecting a thank you or that it's got to be this way or that way? Not necessarily, but he's an emotional being, too. Do y'all know God's got emotions? We could do a study on that. He's got plenty of them. As a matter of fact, he, he modeled Him to give us what we have. And God likes to be thanked, it helps. Uh, we, to fail to acknowledge what people do for us is callous, it's shallow, it's souké, it's soulish. Because deep's calling to deep. Something, when somebody does something for us, they invest their time. What's more precious to you and me than time right now? Well, we'll just poof off a month and I'll go help you build your church or I'll come whatever. I'll just give up a month of time that I would have invested in me. And, and then they don't even acknowledge it. They don't say, well, thank you for spending a whole month for me. It's wrong. It's wrong. Would y'all say it was wrong, even though God gets all the glory and the credit? Um, I say, now this is just me. I'm like Paul, not, 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 not the Lord, but me. This is, this is me. I think that we would do a lot better in the soulish, in the culture realm, if we thanked people when they invest in us. It's not, it's not in the Word. God gets the glory. And a long time ago, I got my feelings hurt. Several times, matter of fact. And I, I, I hesitate to share this with y'all, but I think you know me enough that uh, lots of years, there was no pastor appreciation. All my pastor friends, oh yeah, I had one in South Carolina that got $19,000. Now, I've been well blessed and honored and I have no complaints. But one time there was a, a time, and Pastor West knows this too. Uh, all pastors know this. And so uh, I was complaining to God. I said, all these friends, they're just jack o They're not even, they're just, they're just petting the people, and they're not doing this and that. And, they're, and they're, it's working for them, and they're getting $19,000, and I'm over here, and we're doing this and doing that. In other words, I was, I was self. It was self, it was soulish, it was petty, but it happened nevertheless. And I said, God, this isn't right. And here we are this and here we are that, and they've got this, and they could do that, and and nothing's happening. This is a long time ago, y'all. And the Lord said, I am your reward for pastoring. And suddenly everything was straight. Suddenly everything was straight. And that's the way we have to be. I am your reward for parenting. Raising these children, I am your reward when they don't come back and say, thank you, mom. Thank you, dad, for investing. I am reward for parenting. I'm your reward for, for serving the kingdom. When people don't say, sure do, thank you for going to the nursery 17 times this month. You know, <laughs> that, that sort of happened before and we, nobody says a word. You go, I'm your reward for going into the nursery. The Lord wants us to attach honor to our words. It's the exceptional man. It's the, un- it's the uncommon man. It's the exceptional woman that says, thank you. Y'all are real good. I believe in this. I've been doing this for years. I write lots. I could do more, but sometimes it, get away, it gets away from me. So, uh, words... Are the response, words filled with honor, are the response to anything somebody does for you? What if you gave somebody a kidney? That means, you know, two minus one is one. You're the same as them. If anything else happens, give it back. Give it back. (laughs) No jerky backs. We're not giving it back. So what if somebody gave you that? You'd say, oh, that was awesome. That was life-changing. That was everything. But sometimes our emotional health and our just kindnesses in the week or the month, where we just call someone or we just write them a note saying thank you, or we I, I, y'all have given me many of uh, gift cards because restaurants are what I do best. I I am an I am an expertise. I'm I, and y'all just do it and just just send it and uh, we got two uh, IHOP cards before we went to Florida. And burned one up on the East Coast. Just burned it up breakfast. Just burned down the whole $25. Just, well, there's some, left on, there's some money left on this, sir. I just, just take it as a tip or whatever. We burned it down. And it was so, so fun. And it made us remember who sent it to us, who gave it to us, just out of the blue. It wasn't because I would mowed the grass or changed oil in their car. It was just, and I'm telling you, God is so fun if we're thankful. So I wrote down here, and and I'm finished with this, what makes the great great? What makes the great great? What do you and I attribute to people that says, that's a great person, that's a great man, a great woman. What is it that qualifies a man or a woman to be great in the kingdom? Well, Jesus said the way up is down. Be a servant. But it's, here it is. It's the pursuit of the uncommon and the exceptional life because common is everywhere you just lay on the couch and just e- eat your potato chips and do nothing more and you're common it's when you get up and you go out when nobody notices nobody cares apparently no one acknowledges but you're in pursuit of the uncommon life the exceptional life God likes pursuit I said God likes pursuit he likes us being in pursuit. He's a rewarder of those that diligently pursue Him. <laughs> or something like that, whatever it says. Amen. Amen. So let's say something. Let's say I am uncommon. Okay. I am uncommon. I am un- I am exceptional. I am exceptional because I'm in pursuit. I'm doing this wrong somehow. (laughs) Hallelujah. (laughs) You repeat after me. Well, you get it. We should speak to you every once in a while and say, get up, you slug. Get up, you couch potato. Get up, you taking it easy. Be exceptional. Everybody else in the world's on the couch. Get up off the couch, so to speak. I've got a hunger for it. Uh, Fixed on the promises of God, thinks big in small places, lives by honor, lives humbly while still being exceptional and uncommon, does hard things, I do hard things. I'm happy even in persecution and strife, and I'm thankful in a thankless world. I don't know what else is coming, I have no idea, but it's the attributes of an excellent life. And I dare say in River Church, we're already in this. We're already on this. But we're just affirming what the word says. So in Jesus' name, Lord, we put on excellence today. We put on the pursuit of Holy Ghost. And if we say, Lord, we, we want it, he'll bring it, he'll demonstrate it, he'll manifest what, king, the, what heaven wants. So Lord, we say we want more. We want a higher life. It doesn't cost more. You've already wired us for it. So Lord, we say thank you in advance for helping us be uncommon men and exceptional women. We we believe we receive opportunities, doors open. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Hallelujah. Amen. Well, thank you for tuning in this morning. We appreciate it. We will be back on Wednesday talking about Money Cometh. Ah, we're hot on that. We're red hot. Amen. So, amen.